There is no error with your audio outputs. Do not attempt to fix any sound issues. We are monitoring you with this device. We control your options and settings. We are transmitting through your internet connection, but our signal is actually entering your mind, sending electrical impulses into the very tissues of your brain. Try to stay calm. We've taken over your senses for the duration of this broadcast. You are helpless to resist. We have taken control for your own sake. There are things you must know. This is Paranoia Radio, hosted by Olaf Phillips and Ron Patton. And welcome to another thrilling episode of the Paranoia Podcast. I am Olaf Phillips. I am the publisher and owner of Paranoia Magazine. Uh, normally Ron Patton is on here. Ron was unavailable for this interview. So it's just me today. So uh, welcome to the Paranoia Podcast. Uh, a little bit of news. So we're starting to work on the new new issue of the magazine. If you are a Patreon subscriber, uh, the couple of you that there are, it is coming, I promise. I'm just super slow and, you know, we're, we don't have a lot, a lot of people on staff, i.e. it's me and Ron. So it's coming, uh, but it, you will get it before the next issue that I promise you. So today, tonight, today, this morning, this afternoon, wherever it is, wherever you are, um, we have an amazing guest. Um, a while back, it always seems to come from my friend Taylor. Uh, Taylor got this thing called a Bob's board. Um, it's a very interesting thing. It's a spirit board, kind of like a Ouija board. Um, and I was reading the back of it, and he's explaining the story to me. And it was uh, weird. This is the best word I could use. Uh, the board itself is um, very unique, and it has uh, a very interesting vibe to it. So I contacted the guys who make the board, and uh, they were gracious enough to put me in touch with uh, EB. EB, I'll let EB tell his story, but EB is a relative of the, uh, the guy who made the board, and he's here to talk to us about the board. So EB, welcome to the Paranoia Podcast. Oh, it's our pleasure. <laughs> it's it's an honor for it's an honor for us because you know it's very rare that that you hear a, a, a truly fascinating story and I, I think the story behind the Bob's board I think is definitely fascinating. So now, um, why don't you uh, why don't you tell us uh, basically the story behind Bob's board? Like from the whole from the beginning, from kind of like from the beginning. Okay. Well, it's uh, I had my great uncle. His first name was Bob. He had a lot of problems, a lot of issues, and mostly, uh, I think, mostly issues with 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 when. And so, when I was little, he I, he would come visit. Originally, I lived in. Uh, well, originally I was from Texas, and then we moved to uh, Fort Ord area, which is in um, California. My my dad was in the food service industry, so we moved around, you know. Then we ended up in, Jer- in New Jersey, mostly New Jersey. And my grandfather's brother was um, Bob, and he... He, I mean, this, to make a long story short, I don't know how much uh, 
I should say, but um, he went and he built this Ouija board at some point in his life because he had done a lot of bad things. And the Ouija board, he told my grandfather, who told my dad, was to communicate with the people that he had hurt that were now dead to apologize. And he has lots of uh, information on the board, codes and stuff like that, and symbolism. And uh, I think that had clues to things, but I don't know. Because, uh, Olaf, are you still there? You still there? Yeah. Okay. He, 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 he had a, he had a lot of challenges and he would drive around. He said the country all the time. He always had his station wagon. I, I, I saw it, you know, when he come by a couple of times and then I was 12, he wouldn't, he wasn't allowed to come anymore, you know, but he would go, this is the story. I'll just tell you what the story is. And we don't know if he was mentally ill or or not. But when he drank, he would always drink vodka, you know. So he would drink and he would tell people that he had a lot of girlfriends, but he never got married, never had any, any relationships. But he, I guess I'll just say it. He said that he would go around the lover's lanes. I don't know if they still have lovers' lanes, and then he would uh, attack people and kidnap them and whatever, kill them, I guess. And he was said he was he said he was a mass murderer. I don't think they had the word serial killer, to be honest. But and he he said that he did it, and he didn't know why he did it. But to get away, he would check himself into in insane asylums, you know, like, uh, and then the police couldn't find any clues because he was in insane asylums. And my father thought this was just malarkey, and he thought it was all him acting tough and, and acting big. And um, my grandfather didn't believe it either. But my mother did. And there was a lot of mysterious stuff. One time, I mean, when he come, when he come to visit, saw things happen that weren't so good. I mean, one time we found um, the dog. My dog was like barking at him, and then the dog disappeared the next day. And then we had a cat, and he didn't like any animals like that in the house. So we found the cat when he left, and it, he said that he found the cat. And then when he left, we saw it, and it, he said a raccoon had killed it. When my dad said it, it had someone had killed it with a knife. And so, anyway, maybe he, I don't know if he was crazy. He was crazy, but I don't know if he was telling stories about this. So I always tell that to people, because I don't know of any facts or uh, evidence, I, you know, but... One time, the last time we seen him, he had a in a like some kind of bag in his room, and my dad found it. I think it had all these driver's licenses of women, and it didn't make any sense why he would have them. 
and it just the whole thing uh, was uh, very dark, you know. So that was one thing that made everyone suspicious that maybe he was not making up stories. And then, you know, things like that happened, you know. And um, he, I remember him, and he was scary. And my mom would say he was sick. And we wouldn't see him any, you know, we saw him till I was 12. You know, I'm now 67, it was a long time ago. But he, I remember his face, his face is on the board. But he he wore a lot of wigs. I remember my dad telling me that because he, he always tried to look younger. And um, always kind of smiling all the time. One of the, You know those people that have a smile on their face all the time, even if they're, they're not happy? That's how I remember him. And, you know, and to be honest, my family's had a lot of you know, uh, health challenges, mental health challenges. And I, you know, I had something that I, I always tell everybody that because um, I always try not to tell and try, I always try not to hold things back, you know, because people are asking me so many questions. But I had this thing. I still have it. <sighs> called schizoaffective disorder. You know, have you heard of that, Olaf? Okay. So I've taken Vega and, and, and lithium, and I, as long as I remember to take everything, I'm fine, you know. But sometimes if I, if I, if I don't feel like taking whatever, my mood shifts, I want, you know. But I, that's kind of where I'm coming from. That's where I have um, my lifestyle, you know. And, and so when the board has been around, I guess, we got it in the late 70s because right before he um, disappeared, he sent a note to my grandfather that he was going to end it all because he was having a lot of mental problems. He thought he was being haunted. And he traveled all around, and he thought that they were haunting him from the board that he made. Like the things, uh, the the, cre- the people, spirits that he, of people he had hurt, come through the board. He meant the board so he could reach them and apologize. Because what happened was he had a car accident. And I think it was the early 70s. And a bad accident with a brain injury. And when he come out of that, his, he, they said that he changed. This is in the late 70s, I think. I get a little confused, but he changed and he had more like my, my mom said he had a conscience. So he made the board to to speak to the people that he had heard to apologize. And what happened, it, it backfired because those spirits came through the board and they haunted him. That's what he said. That's what he said to, to his brother, who was my grandfather. And so then he ended, he killed himself. He committed suicide. And he did it, but he drowned himself in New Jersey in the ocean. So then we went, am I talking, am I talking too much? Okay. I just interrupt me if I talk too much. But he, <clears throat> excuse me, he had a house um, that he rented. I think he, I don't remember. I think he just rented. It was like a one-story house and outside of Tom's River, which is a part of New Jersey. <laughs> so when he died, we went over there. 
and he had the board in his workshop because he was very creative. He was a creative guy. He'd like did graphics work, you know, design work back then where you'd use stencils for everything and images and stuff. So he had this board and that was the board. My grandfather had never seen it, but he talked about it. And then he seen it when we found it in that, in the, I think it was the workshop. So that's the board. And then they took, you know, I took pictures of it and I made, I had my own little version of it, the actual thing, you know, I was selling it. And uh, people, you know, it was a weird, people liked it. I went to a couple of, I used to go to some flea markets and sell it, you know, explain everything. And then we sold it to the rights, you know, it's still mine, but I, I sold the rights to it, um, that game board company that has other games too. And so they made, they come out with something nice, you know, it's nice and strong. And But that's the original image. And that's him in the middle, the guy in the middle. Well, I don't know anything more than I, about the, uh, what the symbols are or the codes and nothing like that. I don't know anything. I tried to think of it, you know, like, was this our street address or anything like that? But <laughs> the company put out um, a thing on the website. Did you see that? They they, they offer you 50000 if you can um, uncode it, you know, if you can figure out. Yeah, so this, uh, they had a lot of people send in, but nobody, uh, one person got some stuff, but who knows if it's the real McCoy, you know what I mean? If it's a really, uh, but it's just, it, it seems like it would mean something. Oh, did you hear the thing about the Zodiac thing? Did they tell you that? Do you know who does, do you know what the Zodiac is? The Zodiac um, killer? You heard of that? Okay, he, he was a Zodiac killer. Was in, in San Francisco, so just like where you in your area, they probably talk about it still, you know. But he's very famous. Well, he, um, anyway, they talked to uh, the guy. Some people from there's a couple of websites, something like that, with uh, the Zodiac, you know, all about the Zodiac killer, and they are interested and they wanted to talk to me at one point but I didn't want to talk talk to it because I, I don't think that has anything to do with this but they think that there's clues for the Zodiac Killer in the board I don't know yeah I mean maybe this is um, it would be interesting to see if, if they can make a connection about the Zodiac Killer but um I don't know. Yeah, but that's not from the that's not from Bob's board though. No, that, that no, that's the company. The company uh, made that. The company. No, that's. They, you know who did that? The company did that. The, the guys who were in the uh, art department, they wanted a really creepy board, boxing. You know, the packaging, is, they said it's very important to have good packaging. And I guess they didn't want to have 
the Bob's board as the top of the box because then no, you know, you already would have it. Wouldn't buy it, maybe I don't know. But they had um, they come up with that. That's that's not anything I know about. Yeah, and it's you know I always uh, tell people that it's in, it was originally intended for good, you know, to, to apologize because this is after he had that accident, and he was, you know, I didn't see him no, no more after that really. I hadn't seen him, but that was what I heard, you know. So he wanted to apologize, and you know that's why he did it, and it just kind of backfired, you know. But that's. I Well, that's why they felt it was he was making stories, up, you know, because he wanted to seem important because he never made much of his life. But then when, you know, when that happened, because he, he even said that he once had robbed a bank one time and he said he even worked with J.R. Grover. <laughs> and it was all kind of fantasy. And then, it, he would, you know, when he'd get drunk, he would tell him about the, lo- the lover's lanes. And then... They found my my dad found that in the bag all those driver's licenses the women's, and he said he started to piece it together and he thought he was you know then we didn't see him no more, and also that time or maybe around that time was it was when Martin Luther King I think we seen him the last time around when he was killed because he got into an argument with my um, parents about uh, the blacks and all that. And, uh, and he, he was very prejudiced. And so he left and then our car was in the, we had a little like, uh, it was like a little barn. We had the car in, you know, we only had one car. And the next day he left. And then later that day, the car, uh, the barn burned down and ruined the car too. So my dad always thought he'd done it. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, it was all those things together because he just was never, uh, he was always kind of smiling, but he, he just something about him. I guess my dad always said his eyes would, you know, like dead. You couldn't really get a reaction. You couldn't tell anything by his look. It was always the same, even if he was smiling a lot, you know. <laughs> But then, you know, I'm sorry. Well, he, you know, when he out, he would say the word, word that I remember from back then was he would outfox everybody in the police department. You know, he would outfox the police by checking them into the, uh, you know, they used to have more insane asylums back then, I think. And that was his, you know, his uh, thing. He would do the crimes and then, 
if he felt that they were, you know, closing in, I don't know how he would know that. But then he would outfox them and go into the insane asylums because you could check yourself in somehow, maybe because he had a condition already. I don't know the the term, analogy, but he thought that was outfoxing him and he thought that was funny. And uh, I, I remember kind of that conversation. Yeah, I think so. He he also used to make like wooden plaques. Um, they uh, I mean they were really thin wood, like uh, paneling kind of wood, kind of cheap. And he would make it like look like a wave, like it would look like a wave. You know, it's like maybe not quite a foot long. And then he would in there he would make um, with one of those wood burning things. You know, a plaque like for like local service people or people that did well locally in the community and he would give those to people. I remember, I just remember I could see him making those things. I could even smell him doing it, you know? And so his, he never wanted, according to my dad, he was never going to do anything with the board. Like, you know, like have a, a board that people could buy. That wasn't the point. But I had a lot of when I did it. I, it was expensive in those days to get a color, you know, like a color copy. When I had it, like in the late seventies, you know, that was always expensive. I couldn't really afford it, but I would put it on a piece of board, and I had the color copy. And then we got um, for a while that I had people in Los Angeles that would ask for it. Then there was one actress that they told me that they gave it to, give it to, and she. Uh, what was a, I don't know, real uh, interested in it and, and used it. I don't, I don't never knew if it was true or not, but I know I could tell you the actress. I remember the name. She was a TV actress. I used it a lot of times. I have used it a lot. I used to use it a lot of times, but I, I don't really want to talk about that because I had, my life was never was I had some bad times with that. I had some scary times. I think because I used the board, I didn't, I wasn't respecting it like I would today. I was younger. I was more, uh, a little more reckless, you know. Now I'm more on my own, but I, I keep to myself. But back then, you know. So I have friends and we would do it. And I think it, it some of us have had bad lives because we think something happened. Two times people said that to me. Because I only, I only went to the flea markets in the summertime, you know. And then you don't always see the same people, but two times I saw the same people that said they'd had something happen. 
but they didn't say they weren't like one one guy was scared, but he didn't say it was anything evil. He just said that something was moving. This was moving around in the house. Everybody got kind of scared, you know. And I don't know. Maybe somebody was fooling around, and maybe it really happened. And then there was one lady who said she had talked to her mother, and she was very grateful. So it's not all bad. Yeah, I think that's the case because he, they kept saying that he had a conscience for once. You know, he seemed to have developed a conscience. But before that, he didn't seem to care about anybody, you know, except himself. And and he never had any girlfriend or wife or anything like that or any any else, anybody else in his life. But he would always say that he did. You know, he was always talking about being engaged and having a lot of girlfriends in different places. And, you know, he had a lot of stickers of different, um, the kind of stickers you put on your car windows in the old days. You probably don't remember that, but they were like this. Okay. So he always had a collection of stickers like that on his car. And he had them in his house. He sometimes had them in the uh, his hand and he would bring in and give me some sometimes. He collected those stickers. I remember that. And I don't think you probably have to, yeah. They didn't have the you know, the internet then. So he had back then you probably had to go to the place, uh, the state and, and get it. So he traveled a lot, you know. And uh I don't really know because he, I don't know how he would keep a job, you know, even though he said he was like a designer all the time, you know, and I did see some stuff but I don't know how he would keep a job other than like disability but I was trying to think about that if he, if that's the case don't you have to be in one place to get a check for your disability so maybe he didn't. yeah yeah because he did have you know he did have his, his stuff he'd show that it was his work you know I remember seeing that too. Um, you know, but the, um, I guess I don't know what else to say. You know, I mean, it's I don't use the board because I'm uh, fearful of it. Yeah. Yeah, they made a good job of it, you know, in quality, but it's um the story is is, is kind of I, I just wish 
I could figure out um, all the little messages, you know, because that would be funny to, to figure all that out. That's kind of, I don't know what he has in there, you know, but it just, it made me kind of think about this guy was like always, even to the end, he was messing with people, you know, like with these codes and everything. And it's just like, yeah, so that, I tried to, you know, a lot of times just try to sit down and say, I'm going to do it this time and all this stuff, you know, with a piece of paper and and write down with it. I never really get get too far. And, you know, to be honest with you, when I look at it and it's not, it gives me, you know, I don't feel comfortable because I see the face and I remember, you know, I never was comfortable with him. But, um, you know, it's like a Ouija board, you know, a Ouija board, you know what that is, right? It's like, this is like a Ouija board. Yeah. They call them spirit boards. Ouija board is just a spirit board. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty, I don't know, I guess if you're like a paranormal psychologist, you know, then you could have a field field day with it or something, because you uh, you might understand it or your messages, you might, that's maybe who should be looking at it, you know, to decode it, you know, and then if, if they, well, the one guy told the um, the company people that, he was going to put it on a TV special if he did a TV special with with the Zodiac, you know, the TV special with the Zodiac because it has the clues. But, um, you know, and then they told me they, you know, they might make a movie out of it. I don't know. How, I don't know. That kind of thing. They don't share all the details. But, yeah, they said that there's a movie already about the Ouija board and all that. But, I've never seen it, but it just, um, I, you know, I make a little living off of it, and uh, that's all, you know, so I could be grateful for it, I guess. Yeah, that's right, because I don't get, I'm not really, uh, I'm not employable, you know, I guess you'd say, but, uh, you know, I don't hurt nobody either, you know, I just kind of do my thing, and I've been, uh, I don't know, I've been happy, I guess. Yeah, that's right. And I don't think anybody, I mean, if I felt that this was going to be all bad and evil, I wouldn't be behind it. But I think it's like with this is with the spirit board, which is what this is, 
you 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 get out of it what you ask it. You know what I mean? If you right, if you ask, if you try to make it, you know, bring bad people out. Or when I was a kid, we'd always talk, you know, about we had the Ouija board at a friend's house, <laughs> and he would always try to bring back John Dillinger, people like that, and Superman, the guy who played Superman, remember the Superman guy? No, the the the, the guy. He killed himself. Yeah. So the guy I knew would always try to be bring back him and like John Dillinger, famous. Uh, he was a famous criminal. But um. Okay. So uh, I, don't, I don't know what else I could tell you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was, you know, he, he was my mother's uncle, and he didn't. Um, she had, she was a good mother, you know. She tried hard. Um, she didn't feel, she didn't like him around me, you know. She was very protective, even though he was the uncle and everything. I don't think he ever fooled her, you know, or, or my dad. And, uh, you know, they got when I think it was that one time when they found all the uh, the driver's licenses, you know, didn't make any sense. Why would he have all those driver's licenses of only women, you know, and girls or whatever? Yeah, I think that that was, you know, the last straw that broke the camel's back. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think so. Now I'm thinking of as we speak, you know. But um, okay. Well, you you seem like a nice person, and I hope you have a big hit show. And if you have, you know, you just if you want to talk to me some other time, maybe I'd be I'd be happy to talk to you another time. But I think I have to go. I want. I think I have to go now. Thank you for listening to Paranoia Radio, hosted by Olaf Phillips and Ron Patton. Sponsored by Paranoia Magazine. Read it now. Paranoiamagazine.com Intro theme, The Guide, was composed by Scott Moon. ScottMoon.net Outro theme, Fighting Trousers, is by Professor Elemental. ProfessorElemental.com Voiceover written and performed by Mr. Lobo, host of Cinema Insomnia. Watch new episodes on OSI 74. Visit us at OSI74.com We are resuming control. For now.